<sighs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Christian Guys Talk, the podcast for Christian Guys Talk. And today we're going to talk about Christian stuff. Oh, like... Yeah, like the Bible stuff. Oh. This is by, Tim- far, this is by far the cringiest intro. Yeah, it is. I tried and it didn't really work out. So, welcome everybody, and today, as you probably read in the title, we are going to be talking about whether or not there is any useless scripture. Inerrancy. Inerrancy. That's the Christianese, big theology word for it, is inerrancy. Inerrancy. Is the Bible inerrant? Does it have, does it have any error, does it, or does it? Just Is the Bible true? Yeah, in all forms. That's sort of the gist of what we're talking about. We'll we'll get into it. We'll explain like we all the Christian just kill the episode answers. and just give our answer and then just cut out. And that was the end of the episode. All right, guys. Thanks for coming <laughs> listening to Christian Guys Talk. Tim, you're fired. All right. Yeah. You can, re- you can read now. Hey, we'd get a lot of listens to it because like they'd be listening to the entire episode. Oh, true. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, it'll boost our. We'll just release like a (laughs) thirty-second episode. It's just the. It's just the intro music, and people think there's going to be a huge episode, but it's really just. My cousin wants us to do merch. He wants like a a CGT hoodie. I want a CGT hoodie. That's pretty sick. I don't know what kind of like catchy phrase we would put on it, but he wants. Hello, welcome to Christian Guys Talk, the podcast for Christian Guys Talk. As a hoodie, yeah, people are going to walk by in the grocery store and say. Look at your look at your hoodie and say, "Welcome to Christian Guys Talk podcast." For Christian Guys Talk, that's what that's well, like. Our, that's, that's really our, cool. Our saying that's our slogan, Tim. Oh, I was thinking that's like, it. "What the world?" or "Brother," or that's that's Tim saying. <laughs> you can sell Tim merch. Okay, oh. everyone, send us a message on our Instagram if you would buy a hoodie that just says "What the world" and has a big old picture of Tim's face. We got some great pictures of Tim's face, by the way. Please don't. Please don't. If we nice. if we get don't buy a hoodie, Timothy, don't buy a hoodie with. 16-year-old If Timothy. we get 100 messages from different people that all say you want that, we'll get it for you. Brother, we have we, like We will start production of Tim hoodies. We'll call them... The, I'm not even going to... With say, none, our combined income... <laughs> hoodies? Of, I was going to... I don't know. No, that was, never mind. Tim hoodies. I don't like that. I don't like that either. <laughs> this Let's is go why, back to biblical inerrant. This is why you're not in charge of merch lines, Tim. <laughs> it's the Bible inerrant. <laughs> Well, the quick answer is no. So you just killed the episode. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, the Bible is not errant. And I'm going to tell you the definition of errant. Errant stems from the root word err, E-R-R, which is the same root word you find in error. Which means mistake. Yeah. Wrong. So inerrant means there are no errors. It cannot have errors. Not that there is, it's that there never will be errors. And if something is errant, then that means it can have mistakes. It can have errors. There is the potential. So when we say that the Bible is inerrant, what we are saying is there is no potential for error. So it's almost like the like the word infallible. Mm. It's another big Christianese word. It means that you can't measure it. To, to you can't foul it. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of how it is with inerrancy. <laughs> you can't. If you guys want to know what Caleb Holshin's like in a Bible school class, every period that we have, he literally yeah, this just, is, that's pretty much he it. He just, the teacher will be like, define uh, proportionate. 
and he'll be like, it's with something, proportions. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> that'll just be the class for the whole time. And then the next teacher will come in and he'll do the exact same thing. And it's been like that for a year and a half. I'm trying to I'm trying to restrain myself, but it really isn't working. It's funny. It's you don't have to like stop doing it, but it, I think teachers are like define okay. birds. Uh, it's the plural word for bird. <laughs> it's the plural noun version of the singular noun bird. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're gonna start to actually get into it, and I have a scripture to read that we are all very familiar with. I love it. Love uh, it. Second Timothy it. three love sixteen it. and seventeen. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. We've had that verse as a memory verse, I think, five times. I put a tally mark next to it every time in my Bible. Have you really? Every time we've gotten it. And I I think we're at four. It's quite impressive. It feels like a lot more. It feels like a lot more. We've said it a lot more. Teen Mission should make that one of their memory verses one of their for the 40s. summer. Should. I'll just it's add really, it. Really it's a good, good word. Verse. But it's what we're talking about, how Scripture is God-breathed and how it's useful for all these things, teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness. All Scripture. That's like genealogies that... doesn't say like Nehemiah every when he's theme building of the, the Bible. Wall. It says all Scripture. Yeah. If you have it ever read Leviticus... Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> I would... Okay, a, if, actually, you're a new, if you're a new believer listening to this podcast... I would strongly recommend you don't start with Leviticus. don't start with Leviticus. I'm not saying that it's bad. You just like it's still hold scripture. off. Also, still don't read. don't start it's with Ezekiel boring. either. That'll be tough. Oh for yeah, you true. As well. That's a that's a pretty tough book. They're I just all good at a stage. When I've you get been to saved the, for 14 years, and, and I've still, still never tried to read Ezekiel. I just never understand it. You every should single time. you should just read through it just so that man, you never know. God, I've might read the Revelation probably eight times, and it only, it was only when we had a class that forced us to go in depth that I actually understood it. You should you should pray and ask the Holy Spirit to real, reveal stuff to you and then just read should. it. I got some stuff some out really of it. There's idea. some really good stuff in Ezekiel. You just got to push through the, there is. the repetitive stuff. But it's still scripture, still God-breathed. It's, if it's like repetitive, like our most podcast, of the time, it's because it's important. Most of the time it's important. Yeah. We repeat stuff on the podcast. We've said the word repeat probably 20 times in the past minute. Wait, repeat that? (laughs) We've said the word repeat probably 20 times in the past minute. Oh, my goodness. We've repeated that so many times. You know, in case you didn't get that, we repeat stuff. Okay, no, I'm done. (laughs) Yeah, shut up, Caleb. Oh, jeez, that's my line. Shut up, Tim. (laughs) What? I'm not even talking. (laughs) Well... This scripture, it's been assigned to us a whole bunch, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. And it's really become sort of like a cornerstone for our class and our school that we're in, Mm -hmm. this Bible school, because we're going through all of scripture. You read all of scripture over the course of the classes. We have different, it's not like you just have, you just sit down and read the entire Bible. Mm -hmm. We have, we call them synthesis classes because it's a group of books of the Bible that you go through and you synthesize them. They're all related in some way or another. We had synthesis of the Gospels. We're currently in synthesis of, oh, like, First Samuel through... The kingdoms. Yeah, the, kings, yeah First kings Samuel through Esther. Prophets, yeah. And we had our first synthesis class was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, all sort of tied together. 
and we have all of these classes and we go through the entire Bible. And a lot of it seems really, really boring. I thank the Lord that our teacher did not assign us to read every single bit of Leviticus for that class. Technically, she did. Technically, he, he, he didn't. Oh, he, yeah, you're right. I was thinking of... Uh, it was Mr. Ken. Oh, yeah. I was thinking of... Um, what that the that, whole, term, that whole term was a blur, though. I was we did, of Deuteronomy. we did have to read all of Deuteronomy and Numbers. Yeah. But those have some cool story bits in them. It was really interesting. Going back to going back to the Second Timothy verse, I was just, you guys know uh, you guys know uh, Melani O'Daniel. I think that's how you say her last name. Uh, I know who she is. She was on the Uganda team, I think, back when we way were back in when. Canada. Way back when. I'm friends with her on Facebook. Three years but ago, I've never actually met her. She posted a story of her pastor, a picture of her pastor, and I think I don't remember exactly. I didn't talk to her about what his message or his session was on, but. One of the questions on his slide, I think, was like, how can you know the Bible is true? Or something around that area. Mm-hmm. And uh, she posted that verse like as, as her caption for it. And uh, like, if you add, I, I joked with her and said, if you add 17, it's like unstoppable. But it's like, that's the truth. And I think, Caleb, you were talking about how it's a very, it's a very foundational verse for us. Mm-hmm. Is that the word you use, foundational? Uh, no, but Some, you did. Something of the sort. Say it a few more times, just so we keep with our podcasting. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 oh, is foundational. Founda- okay, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Foundational. I'll just make that the title. Um, just foundational. But it's kind of the ultimate, it's kind of the ultimate, it's like a Swiss Army knife kind of verse where you can fall back onto it whenever I think in an evangelism moment, it's something that you can like always whip out and say, Hey, this is all this stuff is important because of this. And then whip this out and say, why it sort of, it sort of covers like all of scripture and its purpose. All scripture is God breathed. So that tells you what scripture is and it tells you its purpose to teach, to rebuke, to correct, train, in righteousness, that you may be equipped for every good work. Mm-hmm. It's really just, that's, that's it. That's why we go to Scripture, because it is the Word of God, the infallible, inerrant, plenary, plenary inspiration. If you fall under that and know what that is, I actually don't know how to define it. I just heard one of our teachers say it, and it sounded fancy. Wow. I love how... I don't love it. Hearing people say, "Well, like I'm, I'm not either. I'm not prepared for that, or I couldn't do that. Like I'm not, I'm not knowledgeable re- re- enough. I'm not equipped what? enough to do that. Oh, like, like ministry? Uh, yeah, yeah, or ministry okay. or anything that has to do with with your walk with Christ. When it literally says in that script scripture, so that the man of God, it says." Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so well, that the man of God be, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's negligence on our part because it's exactly. there for us, we but just, we just don't take advantage of it. Yeah, and yeah you really didn't have purpose. to call me out like that. Hey, but, and we're in a what? We're in a two-year academic program. Every time I study stuff it's like literally that, focused about ministry, it sticks out to me as well. So. <laughs> But how many how many times are we negligent in You're not right. using yeah. it? I I mean I think there's a lot of times. I was I think I was really when I say really young I was like 13 or 14, 
there were there were moments moments where I were, I was living on quotes more than I was living on scripture. I was using quotes from other people that are not authors in no the Bible. So said that. And that's I mean that's great to use like quote you, you can quote other people and all that. But like Dwayne Elmer who's doing he's the author of our cross our cross cultural communications book and he has great stuff in his book and I write it down and I think I've shared some stuff on um Facebook and stuff. But that's not the Bible, and it's not something I. That's something that's not something I live and use as my foundation for my ministry or my my path. Like I, I need right. to use the Word, and something that I came across. I'm going in Romans right now in my devos, which the 30 minutes that I set aside for my devos is not enough time to truly dissect one chapter of Romans, like well. But one of the things that I got out of it was there's a verse in there where Paul's talking about the the distinguishing parts between how it's like Jesus isn't just for like Jews. He's also for Gentiles. And I was like, as a, you know, I'm not, I'm not Jewish. I'm a, I'm a Gentile. Like that's me. So I was like, I was cheering Blonde Paul. Hair, blue eyes. I was, I was cheering Paul on. I was like, yeah, that's me, man. Like, that's so cool. And I don't know. I think to correlate it back to second Timothy three sixteen, like that's why I can use that verse and say that, man, Jesus came to die for me. And, he so loved the world that he gave his only son and like loved the world, everyone. I think I can say that. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. God so loved we'll the world. We'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just really cool. Mm-hmm. Right. That's actually another thing. You're talking about using quotes. Yeah. More than use the Bible. That's another thing that you should keep in mind is like when you're hearing a message, especially in church, it should most definitely be always be based around a scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, and that's not just like it has scripture in the sermon, but it should be based around a scripture. Because if it's not, they just use it for like proof texting, then you've you've got problems because that's what God has given you to be taught is the the scripture. All the scriptures is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So we should be using that. So if we're not, then is it really from God or is it from just our human wisdom? I think I've been super blessed in my lifetime to not have had sat in so many sermons where it was just them talking out from their flesh and from like just because they can and they have that platform. Like all the speakers that I've been able to experience and that God has used in my life, they've truly, um, yeah, I, I, I truly believe that they've put the flesh aside and they've, they've just had the Holy spirit just speak through them. And, Mm. um, yeah, I can't, I can't tell you how beneficial that was for me as a younger, younger guy, you know, in my developing stages and I'm still in my developing stages. I'm only 20, but like even when I was 14 and 15 in rallies at, at teen missions at boot camp, it was, I mean, it was very, very beneficial for me to be sitting there and hearing all the experiences. Right. It's not saying that people can't, the speakers or the the preachers can't use their own stuff. Like some of the stuff that they say is like really profound, and they they maybe interpret things, and you're and they they share it with you, and you're like, wow, that's actually really good. Like I think that's wow, I can use that. And but it's not that shouldn't be in in a power ranking that shouldn't be one over the word, and mm-hmm. a lot of people do that, unfortunately. Right. So why is the Bible inerrant? Mm. 
So we now we know that it is inerrant, but but now we have to answer the question: Why isn't it inerrant? Yeah. And I know I can say because the Bible says so. And you might think, wait, wait, wait babe. a second, wait it's a very second. Elementary That's circular reasoning. Yes, but it all comes to what is your absolute authority? Is it and uh, what's what's absolute truth? <laughs> I just, Tim plugged, just gave me the biggest I just wink plugged, I'd ever I just plugged <laughs> another class. Is your is your absolute authority logic and uh reason? And by absolute authority you mean So what does it go back to? Like what's your main what's what's gonna be your your, your main source? Source. It's gonna be God. With yeah. the Bible? Hopefully I do your main source should be God, but there are a lot of people in the world, I would say a vast majority of the world who look to other resources to give them meaning and quote unquote truth. Or they add resources to it, such as any JWs or any additions or subtractions from the Bible, which is the inerrant, infallible word of God. Like I was saying, it has to be your words. They're big. Your absolute authority as in if you're if you're using reason and you're saying everything has to be proven by reason or everything has to be proven by logic, everything has to be proven by evidence, it takes those things to say that. It takes reason to say everything has to be proven by reason. It takes logic to say everything has to be uh, proven through logic. And so, in our case, we just use the Bible, because the Bible is the Word of God, and so the Word of God says the Word of God is true. Mm Mm-hmm. In many, many different parts of the Bible. It's not one scripture. It's not just Second Timothy three. I'll give you some references. We have I got um, a, I got one from Proverbs Proverbs thirty right here. Um it says Proverbs thirty five. Okay, that's sorry, chapter thirty, verse five. Every word of God proves true. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. And then I don't know what other ones you then have. Then we got second Peter one, twenty through twenty one. Yep. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no pers- prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And another one, it says, uh, Hebrews six eighteen. So that, so in that in that last re- uh, passage, it was saying that the the God was speaking through them. They, they were they were writing as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And that and then that, it says that defends against anyone who says, "Well, if we're all imperfect, then how can the Bible be perfect?" And what it says, if it was written by imperfect yeah, individuals, that, and that verse just counters everything yeah. and totally, yeah. So the carry along by the Spirit, and it says it's, it's, so that it's the Word of God, and then it says in Hebrews six eighteen, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. So it says wow. right there, it's impossible for God to lie. So this, if we're carried along by the Spirit, then we know, and we and we know that God can't lie. We know that this is all true because God doesn't lie, and this is the direct word of God. Man, praise the Lord for that. Who's the? Is it Lee Strobel? You gotta elaborate a little more. Where are you the, going? The uh, case for Christ. Oh, maybe. I'm not sure. I think. I read a quote in a devotional I was doing, but he was this world-renowned atheist. 
thinker, reasoner, logician. I don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but that's, he would. They get what you're saying. Yeah, he was a very high intellectual person, and he decided that one day he was going to disprove the Bible. He was going to actually go in, read it, find out, read it for himself, and find the spots where it proves that the Bible is wrong, and then use those to prove to the whole world that the Bible is wrong. But as he was doing that, he realized over and over again, as he tried and tried to disprove the Bible, that he simply could not do it. There wasn't a part where he could logically come to the conclusion that this is 100% false. And as such, he he converted and he became a Christian. Now he's one of the biggest, here's another big Christianese word, apologists in the world. And that's not Basically like giving an apology. Yeah. Apologetics is sort of what we're talking about now. It's the reasons we can believe the Bible. Mm-hmm. Christian apologetics are simply the reasons Christians give that the Bible is correct and their faith is correct. It's Christian, it's Christian evidences. Yeah. It's a, uh... It's basically a, a in in depth investigation and kind of you being the uh, you're the defendant in a sense, even though right. Also, there's there's full chapters of the Bible that are written about God's word, and you can find that Psalms one nineteen is a really good one. Psalms nineteen, Psalm nineteen at the end of the it's like the second half of the chapter is all about. The word of God, the law of God. Let me the try to find one nineteen specifically where you're talking about because that chapter is like, is oh. that whole is one nineteen? One nineteen is like the it's largest a seventy chapter verse, one hundred hundred something verse? two verses. Oh, my I'm bad. Sure. But Psalm nineteen is not that long. Let's Psalm look. and Psalm nineteen is actually it's oh, actually Psalm just nineteen. The, okay. Yeah, no, it says, you were right. No, both Psalm, Psalm one hundred and nineteen really and one nineteen and nineteen is one hundred and nineteen and then Psalm nineteen. Both. Yeah, Psalm 19. Oh, my word. Wait, what did you uh, say? 176. Yeah. Tim, we had a class about this. I know, that but was one of the I don't remember the, the specific, final. not how specific verses. It was just, what's the longest chapter? No. The question was, how many verses are in Psalm 119? <laughs> yeah. No, right. it was not. <laughs> yeah. Brother. You, it, you must have not answered that she question. Did not, then, she did not ask for a specific <laughs> there's 22, verse. There's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, yeah. Yes. And then you just multiply that by eight because yeah. it's acrostic. But I'm not, I'm saying I don't think she asked for that's a specific another big Christian I don't think word. she asked for that's specific not a, that's verses. That's not a Christian word. That's just a poetry word. That's true. Shakespeare. Yeah, but <laughs> if you're a, if you're a Bible scholar, then you'll know what that means because you studied the Psalms. Yes, I am a Bible scholar in Psalm 119. You think, you John, you think John Piper, you think John Piper listens to this podcast? Stanzas of... Eight Do you think that John Piper listens to this podcast? Nope. <laughs> I don't know who John Piper is. He's a he's like a theologian, theologian preacher. Uh, I probably could have guessed that. I still oh. don't know who he is though. Okay. I wonder if he's looking for a youth pastor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you think you think he'll guest star on our podcast? I mean, I'm we're pretty sure he's like, probably a little busy. Cool, can I call? Cool, we're me. averaging like. Can I tell the story? The the meme story, the what? account, the Instagram account. Oh, we almost had memes for Jesus on this podcast. Almost shout out to almost. memes for Jesus. Shout if you listen to us, second, you probably don't. second shout us to memes for Jesus. If you, uh, if you still want to be on the podcast, hey, come on. We've got still, twelve episodes. Out. Come on over. Episodes. We'll set it up. <laughs> it's more than it's more than three. 
Yeah, that was a rough time. We got really excited, but then it was all for naught. For memes for Jesus? He said, yeah, basically... Out, He's the one that reached out to us. He was like... Was... No. Yeah, it was. We, no. we messaged him. You guys did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that part. Oops. Yeah, memes for Jesus just came out of nowhere to some tiny podcast with three episodes. Did said, we... Hey, can we be in your podcast? He said, did... hey, we mentioned you on our podcast, and we'd love to have you on if you ever wanted to. And he said, actually, that'd be cool. And they and they looked at our he said send me an episode so then he looked at our episode or our our uh, podcast and he was like uh, I'm not your maybe type. you should wait till you wait, like, wait till you're a little bigger so we're getting there. we're working on it yeah we're working on it then we'll have means for Jesus and then we'll feel accomplished he's pretty big he's like <laughs> he is pretty big he's got like a hundred is a hundred thousand or more than that I don't know I thought he's like lot. six foot something like I that I deleted Instagram oh. I was- <laughs> We've are had come you, up with are the you most, saying meme for Jesus is fat, Tim? We've come up with the cheesiest. There's okay. a reason what they won't is come going, on our podcast. What is going on, <laughs> dude? We're all pick on Tim. Dude. We're all gonna be dads and have like the worst dad jokes. You guys aren't dads already. You guys already have the worst dad jokes. <laughs> yeah, true. Fifty percent cooties halfway there. Oh, Caleb, <laughs> you guys disgust me. Um, <laughs> insert gag sound. All right, on that, I think we're going to take a little break and we'll get back into the inerrancy of the Bible. And when the sun peeks over, just remember how the Son of God came and blew away all the storms in your life to reign in eternal glory. Hallelujah! Amen! Amen. All right, everybody, welcome back to Christian Guys Talk. Uh, <laughs> now we're going to go into the the dangers of not believing that the Bible is inerrant. That was a double negative. Inherent. The dangers of believing the Bible is not fully true. Is mm. errant. Is errant. Yeah. Right. So I'll just talk about the biggest one, and that is picking and choosing what you want to follow in the Bible. That's, That's like the biggest one. Liberal Christianity is not cool. That's all that basically sums up with. Right. So you can't, you can't pick and choose the Bible. You can't say this is what the Bible says, but but I don't like that verse. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was serious, and then I was like, "Oh wait, we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about talking about what? Talking about the time when Tim said I I don't like that yeah. verse." Oh we yeah, were in, like, <laughs> we were doing analysis one. I don't like it as in like that's a hard verse. Not I don't like it. Was, it, as in it was like a hard it. verse to swallow type deal, and it wasn't that <laughs> really I was convicting. And then he just pipes up in the middle of the class, like, "Oh, well, I don't like that verse." You, you guys got chewed out you, from someone. You guys, about, and you guys we all got what like, I was saying, right? No, I did not. Oh, okay. I thought you were legitimately I, I got, just saying. You, get, you got what I was saying? I just don't like that verse. I'm not going to follow it. Oh no! I was sitting next to Gabe Akiki. That's called. Heresy. He was in my... I wasn't being a heretic. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Uh, But have you ever... Speaking on the topic of heresy, that's that's how we learned in our church history class. We have a wide variety of classes here. Guys, come to BMW. Uh, Go listen to the episode about why BMW. Uh, It's episode seven, I think. It's because it's free. right? Yeah, it is free. It's always a plus. But (laughs) we learned in our church history class about the many big-name heretics in the history of the church, in the church history class. Got to make sure I repeat it enough times. But one of the biggest 
the biggest common denominators in all of the different heresies and heretics that have jumped up and gained a following is either addition or subtraction from scripture. You decide they decide I don't want to follow this part. So I'm going to say that it means this when I actually know that it means this other thing. Right. But I'm just going to say it means this so that people will follow me. Well, if or you look, yeah. they'll add to scripture and say this, well, God told me this. God gave me this special revelation and I know that this is scripture because God told me. So then they add it to the scripture and then it is now no longer the full and complete scriptures. Right. That's that's actually terrifying. That people like how many people do that? And terrifying. how many people are getting led astray because of it? Mhm. Right. And oh man, I forgot I was going to say something and I forgot. I hate it when that happens. You said forgot twice. Like during that's the during the election, the last election in 2020. Oh yeah. There was so many people that were Trump's going to win this pr- next yeah, election. Prof- they were prophesying is what they were saying. God don't don't me. say that. It's like it just gives I such a bad name for Christianity when when you make prophecies like that. And then one they, of my one of my friends yeah, sent funny. me this one video. It was right at the beginning of COVID. Everything was going down, everything was shutting down. And then it was some like Christian talk show or something. And they brought on a guest star prophetess who was who was talking and quote unquote prophesying. And she was saying, yeah, I had this prophetic dream. And I, it was in China. It was in a lab in China. And I saw Nancy Pelosi and the Democratic Party <laughs> cooking up the COVID virus in this lab in China. I got a text from her. But she texted, Nancy Pelosi? Yeah, she, uh, her campaign messaged me and said, we need, uh, we need help. The house is da 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 And we need $10 from you and 1,000 other people. I don't people. even have $10. So <laughs> good luck with that one. <laughs> Anyways, but, uh, give it, to Caleb, GoFundMe. He's got yeah, a page up. The, the Caleb, uh, yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> but she was saying she had this prophetic dream where all the political leaders that she didn't like just so happened to be cooking up a virus in a lab in China. But then what made me 100% confident that this was not a prophetic dream, it was just a bunch of crazy ramblings, was when she said that the God told her in the dream that the pandemic would be over by the Passover of the year 2020. And now it is the year 2022, and the pandemic is still here. So it most evidently did not end on Passover of 2020. Wait, who said that was going to happen? I have, you've, you told me this before off air, but... I, I don't know. I've tried oh, okay. to find the video, but I haven't. Maybe they took it down because they realized she was a false prophet. Interesting. But it's people who go around claiming, I have a special revelation from Thus God. Thus saith the Lord. It's actually one of the most, the earliest heresies in the church was Gnosticism. Now there's, there's a big Christianese word. G-N-O-S-T-I something. It's spelled really weird. confused with agnosticism. But it stems from the Greek word gnost, which means knowledge. And agnostics that are prevalent today believe that true knowledge and truth is unattainable. We simply cannot, we can't know truth, so nothing can be true, so the Bible isn't true. But the Gnostics were the exact opposite. They were saying that they were, they had the truth. (laughs) And God told them specially 
that they had the truth. So they would go around saying, well, God told me this. And he gave me the special truth, so you have to follow me. And they were leading tons and tons of people astray in the early church, like 2nd and 3rd century A.D. And it was a heresy, people claiming that they had special revelation from God, when we know that the last revelation was the book of Revelation. Right. I can bring up the verse where it says in the end, if anybody adds to the words of this book. Right. Also, another thing that we see in history is with the the corruption in the Roman Catholic Church that all came from the fact that the word of God wasn't available to the common people like you had to listen to it through a priest you had to they they, they spoke it and a lot of times they didn't even teach it they just would speak in Greek and you'd have to know or Latin and you have to know it in order to understand what they're saying so that was a lot of the problems was that they were just listening to humans instead of actually reading the word of God for themselves. So we can see these problems coming from not reading the word, not using the word as the final authority. If they would have just had their devos. <laughs> Here I have the verses, Revelation twenty two eighteen and 19. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy in this scroll. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. And if anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this scroll. Good grief. Don't add stuff, guys. Also, I got another, I got another uh, passage. It's about that. Um, he says... But even if we, this is, in, this is in Galatians, Paul's talking to the Galatians, he says, I am astonished that you are so, so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to, the, to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. We, but even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach a gospel other than the one you, we preached to you, let them be under God's curse. And he says, as we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. And that brings to mind uh, Islam and the, their prophet Muhammad received a revelation from, he claims to be the angel Gabriel. But that happened several hundred years after the death of Christ. And you can read the scriptures. They had the, the canon scriptures, and they had copies of it circulating around. People were be converted, being converted everywhere. Mm-hmm. But then people were leaving Christianity to join Islam because he claimed to have the special revelation. Muhammad right. claimed that the angel spoke to him, and this is how it's supposed to be. But we see with that verse that the quote-unquote angel Gabriel, I don't believe it was the angel Gabriel, but it's an angel that was preaching a gospel contrary to the gospel, and therefore it was a false gospel. Right, and isn't it? Is it Mormonism or Jehovah's Witness? that's also like that. They uh, Mormonism. Mormonism. They Joseph believe they... Smith sat in a cave and got a special revelation from some angel with a weird name. Exactly, and if you had just read that scripture, then you would have known that. Uh, that passage where it says even if an angel 
reveals to a gospel other I feel than the like one that Paul preached. That's the the specific reason it mentions specifically an angel. If we or an angel, if a teacher, a human, or if an angel comes to you with a contrary gospel, you know that that gospel is wrong because we have the gospel. Right, and I think that's also why they wrote the books of the gospel, and Paul wrote so many letters explaining the gospel, was because he knew that a lot of people were going to be trying to, that a lot of people were going to be deceiving people with different gospels, and he's saying, look, this is the true gospel, and you should not turn from it. And it wasn't just him. It wasn't just Paul that was preaching this. It was all of the disciples, all of the apostles that were preaching the same thing. And he said, don't don't turn from that. Don't that accept anything else. Hymenaeus and Philetus, Paul brings up and says, talks about them teaching false doctrines in 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy. And like they, Hymenaeus and Philetus were like, kind of in the direct line of like proper training and they even ganked, like they even messed it up pretty sure so it's like it's, it's even even for those guys who you think wouldn't mess that up even they did it too right and i think it was in our prophecy class it was like are you afraid of being uh deceived with false false doctrine, false teaching. Mm. Because we're talking about in Revelation, it said there would be a lot of people who deceive and teach false doctrine, there'd be false prophets and everything. It's going to get worse and worse as time goes on. Right. And that was the question. And my my answer was, well, not really. Because if I'm consistent in the word and I'm sticking close to Jesus, if I have a daily prayer life with him and I'm, I'm reading the word consistently and judging everything through the word, then I shouldn't have to fear being deceived by f- uh, false doctrine, false uh, false messages. Well, it's not. I think you. I think you said in there. Like it's going to be there for. Like it's going to stand true and stand forever, right? And I think Isaiah forty forty eight. I have all these verses that are just. They sound like they go together. That's chapter forty, verse eight. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. He, right. he assures us it's not it's not going anywhere, and it's gonna it's gonna stay to the right. end of time. And look how many <laughs> times it's been translated, and uh, how many what do you call them versions translations? No, there, there's a there's a name for like the original text a manuscript? manuscript. Manuscript. There, there you go. go. How many times it's been copied? How many manuscripts there are? I think there's like 13,000 manuscripts or something like that. Something the crazy. Next, the next closest ancient document with manuscripts it's Quran, is right? like, no, it's uh, Homer's Iliad, I believe, oh. has like 70 original manuscripts. Right. So, yeah. The bottom we can line know is that even though it's been translated and, and copied that many times, it's still perfectly true to where it was when. To how it was when that's it was actually, first written. That's a huge difference between the Bible and the Quran. I was just reading a book recently, Seeking Allah and Finding Jesus, by this guy, Namil. I don't remember his last name. But he was a devout oh. Muslim who... He passed away, unfortunately. He had, like, cancer. I'll look oh. up his name. Well, that's sad. Sorry. He was just... He was a devout Muslim who was... He converted to Christianity, and he was saying that one of the things with the Quran is not everybody knows it and knows Nabil, what it means. Nabil Qureshi. Yeah, that guy. 
not not every most practicing Muslims don't actually know what the Quran says because the Quran has never been translated outside of its original Arabic. They believe that if you translate the Quran, then you won't get the word for word specific exact meaning and therefore it's lost. Meaning's lost and the translated Quran is useless. But with the Bible, it isn't so. Only if it was that way with the Bible, then only people who spoke Koine Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic could understand the Bible and learn from it. But God has preserved the meaning and he has preserved his word through all the translations, through all the different versions that we have. There's so many different English versions of the Bible. And there are, there are some churches that will only use King James, some churches that will only use NIV. And it's, it's all the word of God, but the Quran doesn't have that. It's only in Arabic. That's, I almost said Aramaic. It's only in Arabic. And it leads you to the question of if the God of Islam Allah is so powerful and his word is so, so, what's the word I'm looking for? Infallible, I guess. Then Infallible. would he not be capable of preserving it through translations? Right. What's, if it's, if it was makes, from God, he would, he would preserve it. Yeah, which is what he's done. You look at, uh, we were just, we were just about to go over this in our synthesis class talking about the kings, uh, Josiah. King Josiah, in his reign, found a copy of the law in the temple, in the temple walls. And that was the only copy of the law they knew. All other ones had been was, lost. Yeah, Nobody knew the law. Yeah, new to them. Because but God, how... God preserved it yeah. in the walls of the temple to make sure that there was still a copy that people could read. There would still be a copy preserved through the generations. Through, like, think of all the wars that have happened in the world. And how there's still... Jerusalem is the singular most taken city yeah. in all of history. I think it's last I checked, I thought it read 37 times. It's been a couple of years. There's a stat, there's a stat in basketball that they keep track of throughout the game, and it's called lead changes, and it's, it's in the name. It's how many times the lead has been switched over back and forth. And I'd be curious to see how many, how many times the, it's been, there's been a lead change in, you know, over Probably that. too many to count. Yeah. But you would think the temple was in Jerusalem. There were three different temples in Jerusalem. The Israelites were sent into exile in Babylon. They were conquered by this nation, conquered by that nation, all of this. And through all of that, God's word prevailed, it preserved. He kept it and kept it true. And it's the same, the same that we have now than it was then. You can see in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm. I haven't actually read up on those. What was the? How old are they? I'm I not. I think it was like pretty pretty old. We talked about it. Eight hundred. Uh, no, it's like eight hundred eighty or something like that. I don't remember. Really, those really are old evidences, scrolls, right? Really old scrolls. Yeah. Found in a cavern by the Dead Sea. The boy was throwing rocks into caves, and he shattered a pot. And goes in there. There's a bunch of really old scrolls, and all of those really old scrolls. This was in like the '60s. All those old scrolls still matched up to the modern documents that we have of the law in the Old Testament. They were all word for word, boom, boom, boom. It's all there because it's been preserved 
through the centuries, through, through the millennia, which is a really big testament to how it's the word of God and God's going to protect it. Mm. Living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. What's that verse? It's the word. That. Um, it's a gospel, ain't it? Uh, it's in the Bible. That's <laughs> what so my dad said. As long as... As long as you can quote it, it's the word of God. Google it'd be nice. nowadays, all you have to do is just Google it, and then you'll find the verse. It'd be nice to know the references Dad says, but he says as long as you get the word of God out, that's that's all that matters. All right. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with top three. Top three. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Top 3. Caleb, Today, you're really rushing it. Okay, wait, I'm I have really rushing it, but it's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> rough. Uh, today, we're going to be doing Top 3 Discipline Stories, like times we got in trouble. With our parents. With our parents. Not, not like... I think I can go first yeah, because go first. I, I knew mine right off the bat. So I don't even know what happened, but I was sitting on my bed reading... And my dad came into the room and he's like, Caleb, did you do this? And I was sitting on my bed reading. I had been there for like hours. So I was no, I didn't do that. And he's like, Caleb, did you do that? No, I didn't do that. And he's like, Caleb, if you tell the truth, you won't get in trouble. It's like, I, I am. I, I didn't do it. And this, this went on for like five minutes. It just kept, he just kept pushing. And I was like, fine. Yes, I did it. And then he pulled me off the bed, and he's like, because you lied to me, you're getting spanked. And he gave me a really, really hard spanking. I was sitting in my—when it was over, I was just sitting on my bed crying. Not because it hurt, but because, like, why did I get spanked? I don't even remember what it was. But I, I told my dad about it this sometime this past year, and he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, and you're like, I, I genuinely I did not do it. He's like, yeah, I realized, like, after I spanked you, like, wait a second, I don't think he actually did it. <laughs> but he didn't he didn't want to go back and say I'm sorry I know you didn't do it because I had confessed to doing it and then what if I actually did do it and then it was a good discipline but if he came back and apologized for good discipline then it's no longer <laughs> good discipline <laughs> so that's the story about how Caleb got spanked for oh one of my other siblings sins you have one Gabe? I thought you said you had one Tim on your head? no go ahead Tim alright Talking about the time when you were like screamed abuse. Abuse. No. <laughs> That's a pretty good I one. I could do that one as an honorary That's a good one. one That's a pretty good one. You could do two. I'll do I can do I'll do the I'll do the honorary one first. We'll let you guys decide which one is the pre hype and which one's honorary. So the one that Gabe and Caleb were talking about, um first off I want to do a pretty a pre disclaimer. My parents did not abuse me, so this is all just like a, a dumb Tim. Yeah. Dumb Back little, when you had your dumb stupid little, little bowl cut. And <laughs> no, I had a buzz cut by then. I'm um, sorry, Miss Gay. You uh, look fine. Um so I went in, I did something, I can't remember what I did. I it was something spanking worthy. Um my parents had a neoprene strap that my lovely aunt and uncle passed down to them to spank us with, and it really did work. Uh it it is it's it was flexible rubber and it, it hurt. It was like hardcore it was mean anyhow so i did something that deserved uh, a spanking and i went to my parents room it was very um 
you know, it was like, it was just like any other time, like routine going in. And, uh, when I, my, my dad leaned me over his leg and, uh, I don't know why. Maybe, maybe I was the only kid that ever did this in like the entire world. But if anyone else did this, like, let me know, like DM me or something. But did when I used to get spanking, I used to like flex everything I had and it made it worse. I don't know oh, why I thought dude, it made I it think better. Everybody did that. But like, like you just, it's just you the squeeze everything and you're just like, <laughs> like I had a pillow that I would just like bear hug while like before it was happening. And I don't know why I thought that was going to help, but it, it didn't. Anyhow, so we're, he's, he's getting me like over his leg and I can tell that his hand's going up and, um, I, in Florida winters, when I say Florida winters, we're talking like 50 degrees, maybe. Um, Oh, so chilly. And so our windows were open. Our windows were open because we liked the, the cool, fresh air coming through the house. And, uh, and so I, when I got bent over, I kind of looked out with my observant self and. I saw that the the only thing between me and the outdoors was a screen over the window, and uh, if anyone knows what like a screen looks like, it has you know it, it, air comes I, through. I don't and, know what a screen looks like, Tim. Describe it in detail. So I looked out the screen, <laughs> and then um, when he went to go spank me the first time, I just yelled out as loud as I could. It was like five o'clock, and I knew that. I knew that people were coming home from work, and I just yelled, abuse, abuse, abuse. And my dad stopped after one or two whacks, and he goes, mom. And he's talking, he's talking, he called, he called mom, mom, so that we would call her that. He was, he was talking to his wife. Um, but he's like, mom, shut the door. And so my, my mom comes over, and she shuts the door, and then she shuts the window, and he goes, don't do that again. And I was like, yes, dad. And then he spanked me like double the amount because I yelled abuse. <laughs> um, so that one was pretty bad. And I didn't really know what I was saying when I was like, I think I was like 10 or 11 when I did that. And so I didn't really know what I was saying when I was acting in that way. Um, but the one that I was thinking of was I was a lot younger. I was like four, maybe I was, I've always been into football ever since I was little. I just, I always had some sort of uh, sporting, um, ball in my hand and so I uh, that's just how I grew up and so I would watch reruns we have VCR of the Panthers Patriots Super Bowl and uh, I can still like remember like all the players like Jake DeLone like Tom Brady um, Adam Vinatieri like all those guys in that game and I just watch it over and over and so of course one evening I wanted to watch it and I'd have this bear that I would um act as as the opponent and I would like tackle it and act like it fumbled and pick it up and run around the house. And, um, it was a a good time for little Timothy, (laughs) but I wanted to watch this game and, uh, I walked in the living room and I looked at mom and dad and I was like, I want to, I want to watch the, the Pats, uh, Panthers game. And they said, no, we're watching NCIS right now. Or no, we're watching. She didn't say what they were watching. They're watching TV. And, uh, so I said, Oh, okay. And, so I kind of looked around, and then I just walked up to the TV, and Mom says I looked them dead in the eye. And I just went, boop, and I turned the TV off ah. right in front of their face. <laughs> I was like, if you're not watching TV, oh, if I'm not watching no. TV, then you're not watching TV. Ooh, Tim. And my I'm mom, the man in the house My now. mom claims that she looked at Dad and said, get him out of the room, because she was about to start laughing, and she didn't want to show that 
I, she thought it was funny. And so I'm like little like four year old Timothy and I'm trying, I'm like being all sassy. And so dad, dad had to take me and be serious. And he spanked me for being a toot. That's not. And then, uh, but mom says she thought it was pretty funny, but she had to tell dad to do it because she was going to just start laughing. <laughs> so you guys can judge which one's worse, but. Oh, man. Both are, both are pretty. Moral of the story, get... Tim was a rotten child. Amen. I don't remember That's very false. many times. Actually, me I didn't know Tim as a child. Maybe I know I got spanked a lot or I got disciplined a lot, but I can't remember exactly uh, when a lot of times, like what the circumstances were. Okay. But I do I do remember a couple. So when I was like really little, I was supposed to be taking a nap and I got up and I went out and just started like looking around. I think I found like a like a, one of those like newspapers with like the you know little coupons in it. Yeah. I was just looking at that. Like I vividly remember that for some That's reason. A big deal I just to went moms. out and I just started looking at that. And then uh my mom came out and she was like, "What are you what are you doing? You're supposed to be taking a nap right now and you were not supposed to come out." And then she took me back in there. I don't know if she like gave me a spanking or just gave me a talking to and like told me that that I was in timeout or something. Yeah. But I remember telling her, "You're hurting my feelings because because she was disciplining me." <laughs> and she goes, "I've hurting your feelings." She said, "You're hurting my feelings because you didn't obey me." And I was like, "Oh, oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I should have whipped out this card." <laughs> Well, it's I like remember that see, one. I'm, that picturing, <laughs> I'm picturing your mom now. I know telling full grown <laughs> six foot two Gabe, go. You're supposed to be napping right now. When you're not so supposed to be out here. <laughs> this live is like your mom's so short compared to all you guys, and so the, like, lives, all the lives are all really tall. Yeah, but then their much. mom is like five four. Yeah, they're all pretty. Yeah. They're at least above average. They're at least average height or above. So I, quick, um, I quickly learned never to say that hurts my feelings. Did, did any of your parents, and like also listeners, you can DM us if, if your parents did this too, but did any of your folks ever say, now, before they, and they say this before they spanked you, they always say, now this is hurting me more than it hurts you. No. And it's just like, that is total lies. Like, what? No, it's no, not. No, they always said, but, I'm doing this because I love you. And I always thought, like, what? Oh, that that doesn't make any sense. If you and loved me, you would My dad would make us say what we did bad before we spanked it. <laughs> he spanked us. Ooh. He, okay, tell me what you did wrong. And then we're, I, I hit my brother. <laughs> okay, bend over. Bend us over the knee. Whack. And if we did something really bad, and, like, we were non-repentant, like, we weren't upset about it. Bare bottom spankings. My mom all pulled down the dance, but then, up against the wall. He'd always smack. like, dang. He'd always like hug you or whatever. Afterward, yeah, he would right? always I, hug yeah, us afterward. Yeah. So it's, it was out of love. You could tell nowadays. My mom and dad always made us Back say then, we could, love you, or yeah, we say I love you, and then always made sure that we hugged and that we could like kiss him on the cheek before we left the room. Right. I never and kissed I, my dad. I was a kiss up. Like I was, I was a wuss. <laughs> Faith was like a a hardcore. Like, oh man, she was. She's like a gangster, dude. She she straight up <laughs> looked at mom in the like in the eye and would just be like, "No, I'm not. I'm not saying that because I I don't mean it right now." And she would just have like these stare downs with mom, and they would sit in there for like thirty minutes before they'd come out. Then Tim under the room's like, "I love you," and I'm 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 like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I just want to get out of here. I'm so sorry, mom. Like, <laughs> I just want to go back and tackle my bear. I just yeah, I just want to watch the game. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and then I think another time. Oh yeah, I remember I. My mom put us in our room and closed the door and told us if we had to clean the room in like 20 minutes. 
And, oh, dude, if my parents... And then she said, like, you have 20 minutes to clean this room. And so then I remember, like, starting to clean the room and then just, like, being like, I don't want to do this. So I started, like, playing with my toys in there. And then she came back in. And I was with, this was with my brothers too. We were all like, I have this a is hard a time effort. seeing Gabe being rebellious because he's like such a sweet, innocent guy. Like he's such now, a suck up today. Dude, you were a bad I kid. In trouble so much. When I was oh, a kid. okay. And then she she opened the door and then saw that we weren't like we weren't cleaning up and it was still a complete mess. And then Man. so then she gave us all spankings because wow, we didn't. Clean I our shared rooms. room. Hey, with, we learned to clean our rooms. I shared a room with my brothers, <laughs> and I had my side. They were on the bunk bed on the other side. I would draw a line. Like, I would shuffle my feet and draw a line in the middle of the room. And I would spotless my side. And my little brother, Josh, would never clean. Oh, no. He just wouldn't. So then he had his side, and I had my side. And you could see the distinct line. So when mom and dad came up to see, and then I'm, like, picking up the last few scraps, last couple books or something. And then Josh is, like, sitting on his bed playing with toys or whatever. I just shuffle out of the room and whack, 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 and then he he's cleaning up the rest of the room. I'm off. I'm off doing my own thing, playing outside. Yeah, it was a group effort. Uh, wow. With my room, so it was it wasn't our like bedroom. I think it was just like the like the play the game room. I had no one to blame as a kid. Like if my room was messy, it was, it was because of me. Oh, so faithful at the football yeah, yeah, jersey yeah. on the floor. Okay. Yeah. Smack. Anyways, it's rough. Well. Thank you all for listening to episode 12 of CGT. Mm -hmm. We hope that you'll join us again next week and have a blessed day. Splendid day. Goodbye. Thank you guys for listening to this latest episode of Christian Guys Talk. You guys can stream Christian Guys Talk on the following platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Anchor. You guys can also follow us on our social media platforms at Christian Guys Talk on Instagram and then Christian Guys Talk on Facebook. Um, We look forward to continuing on in this podcast and we hope and pray that you guys have a blessed week in your service to the Lord. See you next time.